0: And Merry Christmas! Oh, come on, Merry Christmas! It's Christmas. It's exciting. What a great time of the year. Matt, thank you for leading us so well in worship. I really appreciate you, Matt. Where did you go? Thank you, Matt, for for leading us in worship. Man, so we are in the middle of a, a sermon series called "His Name Shall Be Called." Matt uh, Hollingsworth in his first sermon. Uh, took uh, the phrase he shall be called wonderful counselor and he opened up the scripture to us. He showed us from the Old and New Testament how the passage of Isaiah 9 deals with Jesus how it refers to Jesus and then he talked about the concept of wonderful counselor and he used, uh, talked about the Hebrew phrase Pele Ya'atz and how that first word Pele which means or translated wonderful, is really a word that describes things that are really indescribable. They are so good. They are so incredible that there is no word that can describe it. So we have to settle with Pele or, or wonderful and then counselor, talking about the wisdom of God and who he is and, and in his mind and the way he understands the world that he created. And he is wonderful counselor. He's the indescribable one that gives us wisdom. I was thinking about his name shall be called and I was thinking about, well, how did, how did God get his name or his names? In the scripture, we see lots of names for God. How did how did God get His name, and it made me think about our own baby naming traditions and so I, I just looked up baby naming traditions around the world i used I used the Google and said, "Tell me about baby naming traditions and I, I found a few, looked at a few, and a lot were just you know after saints or after family members, whether it 's the mother's side the father's sides or or both uh, there's one uh, country where babies are named, if they're the first baby born, there's a set of names that can be used. If they're the, When they're the second baby, there's another set of names that can be used and so forth. Uh, and then I found Iceland, and I was just enamored with Iceland, the baby naming traditions of Iceland. There's no family names in Iceland. You know, like, like my, my last name is Gish. That's our family name. Iceland doesn't really have family names. So uh, a baby's last name. A baby's last name is a combination of their father's first name and then the word son or or daughter.
1: Um,
0: So that's how a last name is formed. So like my sons, if if we were in Iceland, their last name would be Jasonson because my first name is Jason and we add the word son to that, so Jasonson. Uh, If I had daughters, it would be Jason's daughter. So uh, that's the way that works. Uh, Their first names... In Iceland, uh, their personal name, it has to be selected from an approved list of names that are approved by the Icelandic Naming Committee. So there's a, a certain set of names that can be used for first names. However, parents can choose to have a unique name given to their child if they're willing to pay for it. They can pay for that. And then it still has to be approved because it has to easily fit into the construct of the Icelandic language, nor can it be an embarrassment to the country or to the child. And so Iceland, just a interesting um, tradition. So like, I looked up, just, okay, let me find some Iceland names, and I looked up their football teams or their soccer teams. The men's soccer team, here's four names. Berkir Bjornsson, Aaron Gunnarsson, Kolbein Sigperson Alfreiro, Alfrejo Finag, Finabgason. I'm not Icelandic, I can't speak it. Uh, the women's team, Dagny Dotir, Sarah Björk Gunnarsdóttir, Sveindus Jane Johnsdottir, Glotus Perla Dotir. So you get the idea, right? So, the naming traditions of the world. Uh, Circle back around then to how did God get his name? How did God get his names? Uh, Well, we know from scripture that, that God names himself and he names himself according to his character. And today we will be looking at his name shall be called Mighty God. So, if you turn in your Bible to Isaiah chapter nine, Isaiah nine, we're going to be looking at verse six. Isaiah chapter nine, verse six. Let's stand together as we read the Word of God. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. God, we we love you and we thank you that we are in this moment. We pray that you would open your word to us today and help us see what we need to see and hear what we need to hear. Um, So thank you, Lord. Be our teacher. Be our preacher today. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Today's sermon will be in three parts. Uh, the first part will be his name, and we'll cover the concept of his name. The second part will be from he shall be called. His, his name shall be called, and we're going to look at shall be called and, and what that means. And then the third part of the sermon will be mighty God. So his name shall be called mighty God. All right, so let's go with point 1, his name. We know that his name is referring to Jesus, the one who is to become king. We know that Jesus, we know that Jesus did not fulfill the role of king in a manner that God's people were expecting. But we know as people on this side of the Jesus event that Jesus came as a different kind of king. He would not necessarily conquer The enemies, the invading force, the Romans, but he conquered something far more serious. He conquered sin and death, something far more important, something far more critical. We know that he started this adventure as king by becoming human. We know that God dwelt among us and we know that he started this journey as a baby. We know that he started this journey as a, as a baby embracing humanity in its fullness. And he had a name and his name was Jesus. And the Bible talks about his name, the concept of his name. And let's, let's take a look at what the Bible has to say about his name. First point here is his name. God with us. We know in Isaiah seven fourteen it says this, Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. And we can see this quoted in Matthew chapter 1, verse 23. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means... God with us. His name. God with us. God dwelt among us. He came and he lived among us. And John, it says, he tabernacled among us. He put his roots down here as a human. And in doing so, God says, I'm with you. God says, I'm with you. You. Have you ever been with somebody who is just struggling, hurting? They've had an experience, and it is an excruciatingly painful experience. They can hardly know how to behave. They hardly know how to react. They hardly know what to do. But you're with them. And it's a ministry of presence. Sometimes it may be by distance. It may be in a phone call. It may be a text. It may be an email. It may be... On FaceTime, it may be however it comes across, but you do your best to say to them, I'm with you. I'm not leaving you. I'm here by your side. I'm praying for you. I love you. I'm here. God says the same thing to us. In his name, Emmanuel, God with us. He says, I'm with you. The second part under point 1 his name his name and salvation Romans 10:13 says this Romans 10:13 says for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved Acts 4:12 Acts 4:12 says says this and there is salvation in no one else for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Back in Matthew chapter one, in verse twenty one, it says this She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And in first John 513 Scripture says this. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. We know from these verses that Jesus is the only way and that we can call on His name. We call to Him. Have you ever had a child? Or have you ever been this child who woke up in the midst of a nightmare? Maybe you can hear your child call to you, Daddy! Daddy! Mom! Mommy! And they call out in their fear. They call out because they don't know what to do. They're scared and they know they can't handle that. When we realize our plight, when we recognize that we are in sin and we are headed to death, we called out in his name, by his name, and he saved us. He rescued us. There is no other way. Another aspect of his name is his name and submission. Philippians 2, verses 9-11 say this. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. There is no greater name. God gave him his name and there is no greater name. And we will all bow to it. Every single one of us. Everybody in this room and every person on this globe. Every person will bow to the name of Jesus, whether they are a follower of Jesus or not, whether you know Jesus or not, whether you have embraced him or not. There will come a day that you will bow to him and to his name. It is our desire and our hope for every person to do that, do that on this side of life while you're living and breathing and have the choice and the option to receive him as your Lord and Savior and bow to him and bow to his name. But if you do not, if you choose to reject him, there will still come a day on the other side of life when you will bow and confess him as the Lord of all. His name and submission. Colossians 3.17 says, And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Another aspect of submission here is submitting to your work, submitting to your word and doing it in His name. And when we submit our task, when we submit our speech, To his name, we reflect him as we work and as we talk. His name and submission. The final aspect of this point is his name and supplication. John 14, verses 13 through 14 say this. John 14, verses 13 and 14 say, Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. So the concept, I just real briefly want to talk about the concept of praying in his name. It's like when I have a credit card. I I have a credit card. Sorry, Dave Ramsey. I have a credit card. It has my name on it. If I give my credit card to someone, let's, let's say my son, since they're in here, If I give my credit card to either my sons, when they go and take that card, whatever they buy, whatever store they go to, whatever restaurant they go to, whatever they put on that credit card, whatever they charge to it, they're charging it to my name. Because my name is the one that's on that card. So if there was ever any question about what was purchased... I'm the one who purchased it because it's my name on the card, even though they may may have been the ones to use it. Prayer to me in in, in the same way is like that, where I would want and hope that anyone who used my credit card would use it in the character that I would want them to use it in that would only purchase those things that I would want them to purchase. In the same way with prayer, when we pray in Jesus' name, We are praying in the character of Jesus. We would pray as Jesus would pray. And we would be praying for the will of God as Jesus would. To me, that's what it's like, praying in the name of Jesus. It's more than just a tagline at the end of our conversation with God. It's expressing that, God, it is my hope and my prayer that the things that I've said to you, that I've prayed in Jesus' name, are in Jesus' character and what he would pray for as well. So praying in his name. So that was point one. Point number two shall be called. In the Bible, we know that names are often given to describe the character or the desired character of the person being named. So here's a few biblical names that you know well. Adam. Adam means ground Basically, or dirt. It reminds us of where we came from. Isaac. Isaac means laughter. And it reminds us of when Abraham and Sarah laughed. When God told them that they would have a son. Esau. Esau means hairy. Why was Esau named hairy? Because when he came out of the womb, he was a hairy baby. And they named him hairy. And they named him Esau. Jacob. Jacob is uh, means one who supplants. Jacob, if you remember, had his heel. Had his, his hand grasped on his brother's heel, he would surpass his older brother, stealing his blessing and birthright. Dorothy, Dorothy means gift of God. Daniel means God is my judge. Elijah means Yahweh is my God. Anna means gracious. Joanna means God is gracious. Names mean things. Well, God shall be called shall be called many of you in here may have done studies of the names of god found in the bible and please forgive me if i do not include your favorite name of god in this little list but i have just a few names here first in exodus chapter 3 we know god calls himself i am i am who i say i am i am in Genesis fourteen, uh, God is called El El Yan, which means God most high, and expresses the extreme sovereignty and majesty of God and his highest preeminence. Aren't you glad God is called God most high? Some other names, four more names. Jehovah Nisi, which means the Lord is my banner. This is also from Exodus. This is Exodus 17. (laughs) Jehovah Nisi. The banner was very important in battle. If the banner stood, everyone knew the battle was still on. And it gave courage. And it gave bravery. And it gave the strength to continue in the battle. And it is good that we see Jehovah Nisi. The Lord is my banner because we look to the Lord and we can continue into the fight and into the struggle and into where we need to be. Another name for God, Jehovah Ra'ah, which means the Lord is my shepherd from Psalm 23. Destiny quoted that for us in the video beginning in this service. Aren't you glad the Lord is our shepherd that he cares for us? Another name, Jehovah Rapha, the Lord is my healer. This is also from Exodus 15. Just after the Israelites fled Egypt, they needed Jehovah Rapha, the great physician, the one who heals the physical and emotional and spiritual needs of his people. Do you need Jehovah Rapha? The last name of God I'll highlight where there are dozens and dozens. the last one I'll highlight is Jehovah Shama, which means the Lord is there It's the last words of the book of Ezekiel, Ezekiel, as in his prophecy. I find it so fitting that the last words that he say that he says is "The Lord is there. This name indicates that God has not abandoned Jerusalem, nor has he abandoned Us. It reminds us of Hebrew thirteen, where God says that He will never leave us; He will never forsake us. It reminds us of Psalm forty six, where it says, "Where the Bible says God is our refuge, a very present help, the Lord of hosts is with us." Jehovah Shammah. God has many names by which we may call Him. Now I want us to bring our attention to Isaiah 9.6. Mighty God. El Gabor in Hebrew. Mighty God. There are lots of uses for the word Gabor in the Old Testament. Hundreds of them describe mankind. They describe mighty men of valor. Those, those soldiers, those men who stood figuratively Heads and shoulders above the rest in battle. Mighty men of valor. uh, Generally, this word was described when men were on the battlefield. And they were protectors. These mighty men of valor were on the battlefield. And they were protectors. And they were respected. And they commanded the field. They fought battles on behalf of others. They inspired people they were mighty and these words that describe mankind mankind men of valor protectors they were respected they commanded they fought battles on behalf of others they inspired men these these words that describe men also describe our god there are six uses of gibor that describe god in the old testament Two of them are found in Psalm 24 where it says the Lord is strong and mighty. Mighty in battle. Our mighty God is strong. In Deuteronomy 10.17 it says the Lord of lords, the God of gods. He is mighty and awesome. Our mighty God is strong. Our mighty God is awesome. Awesome. In Nehemiah 932, it says, God is great and he's mighty and he's awesome and he keeps his covenant and he shows mercy. Our mighty God is strong and he is awesome and he keeps his promises and he shows mercy. In Isaiah chapter 10 verse 21, it says the remnant shall return to their mighty God. Our mighty God is approachable. In Jeremiah 32:18, the last occurrence it says the great and mighty God shows unfailing consistent love. Mighty God, he is strong, he is a fighter, he is awesome, he is honorable, he is merciful, he is approachable, he is unfailing and consistent in his love. Do you need mighty God today? Do you need mighty God? This child who would become king was a wonderful counselor. He was all wise. He knew what to do. He he knows the advice to give. But this same God who is wonderful counselor is also mighty God, which means he has the power to put into action his own wisdom. Do you need mighty God today? There is strength you do not have. There is a child... Who would be king and his name shall be called mighty God. About half the people in this room struggle with lust, with lust of the eyes. It's a daily battle. Do you need mighty God? Yes. Yes. There are other, others of us In this room, we struggle with our health. We struggle with making proper decisions when it comes to what we put in our body. And we're not proud of it. We just know it's a struggle. We would like to change. Do you need mighty God? Yes. There are some of us in here who have, for 25 years, never spoken to that person because they did you wrong. And you have proudly held on to that bitterness. And it eats you up every week. And you would love to build that bridge to find reconciliation, but you don't have it in you. You need mighty God. There are some of us in here who may be oppressed because we just can't stop using that credit card. We see that shirt. We want to go to that restaurant because all of our friends do. We buy that boat. We buy that next piece of land because it's so pretty and we'll use it for God. And we put ourselves in insurmountable debt. And you're here now and you don't know what to do. You would love to be able to give to causes that you would love. You would love to be able to give to the church. You would love to be able to give to missions. You would love to be able to give to faithful God, faithful future. But you have no money. You need mighty God. He can help. Some of us in here have experienced a major loss. And it just it hurts. And you sit in silence every Sunday morning as you walk through these doors because you're reminded of your loved one. You're reminded of how much you love coming to church together. And you sit in the pew next to friends or other family and you just want to be with him again. You just want to be with her again. And it hurts, but mighty God is with you. Some of us in here may struggle with the idle of relationships. And you're just constantly seeking who is the one, who is the one, or for some of you, who is the next one? Instead of seeking the one. And you have that idol of relationship that you're pursuing. You need mighty God. So I ask the question do you need mighty God today? The answer is for all of us, yes. God overcame his enemies by becoming vulnerable, by becoming transparent and humble. And he became a human child, a baby. He entered the battle as a mighty man of valor, yet as a baby. So, as we continue to prep spiritually to celebrate, celebrate Christmas with our friends, with our church family with our own family. Let's remember that God may have never shown himself to be so mighty as when he took the form of a baby. A newborn baby. Small. Fragile. Laying in a manger. Shepherds surrounding. Angels singing. Singing but in the humility and the humbleness of a baby. Lord, we love you. And we thank you that you are mighty God. Your name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God. We worship you today. We worship you in our hearts, recognizing that we need you. And in your name, we call out to you. We thank you that you can be so many things to us. You have so much to your character that relates to us. Lord, this morning, we thank you that in the form of the baby, you are mighty God. We thank you that you are king. So Lord, we submit ourselves to you and it's in the name of Jesus that we pray Amen If you would like more information please visit fbbelton.org or call our church office at 254-939-0705 We are located at 506 North Main Street We hope to see you soon